Welcome to Space is Fake, the podcast. Transmission incoming from outside this world. This is uh, Kenny. I'm Kenny. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm a new guest on the show. An alien threat. Houston, we've got a problem. What space is fake? Say again. There's nothing out here. What space is fake? Say again. There's nothing out here. What space is fake? Say again. Houston. Space is fake. That's the name of the podcast. Say again. My dog's uh, toenails are another guest on the show that you'll be hearing a lot from. Yeah, it's going to be great. They're just going to chime in whenever they feel necessary. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Sweet. They know a lot about uh, the Aztecs, too. Yeah, so Aztecs, we are covering the uh, uh, Aztec ritual sacrifice, which is something we've been talking about for a while. Um, And we've done a moderate amount of research on. I mean, not anything to write home about but uh, certainly enough to record a podcast about yeah i would agree i mean i'm, I'm by no stretch an expert uh, or a practitioner you know <laughs> i don't have the know-how but uh, i've read enough wikipedia to make my way and sense around it right on yeah um same here so and i think we've you know read some of the same wikipedia articles so um i think the first thing we're going to do is get into kind of the history of the aztec people i mean this is going to be a really rudimentary history yeah really brief i would say i mean if you don't know about the aztecs uh well i don't know how you survived 2012 without knowing about mesoamerica and the maya but um yeah i i found a couple things in their origins uh interesting not a lot is known uh but they come from a place called aztlan which is uh mountains in the north according to their mythos not to be confused uh with the lion from lion the witch in the war's robe which is aslan right he doesn't have the t exactly though who knows it could have been another dimension that they came from uh but so they came from aslan um thought to be utah just with some of the descriptions uh and namely a connection with a native uh tribe out of utah the pawnees the Pawnee Indians uh, have the same rite of passage, oh, as shit. it turns out. And the rite of passage, uh, basically, uh, to become a man, as an Aztecian, you have to strap people up in scaffolding and then shoot them with arrows, which probably also means you probably have to capture them, find yeah. them, trap them, so to speak. Um, and apparently the Pawnee Indians uh, do the same, natives. Um, did no research on it, so I have no idea if it's true. I, I did well. I didn't read anything about the Pawnee Indians. I, uh, all I know about them, I learned from um, the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation, um, which Solid. takes place in a town called Pawnee, named after the Pawnee Indians. But I knew nothing about them. Um, I uh, I did though read about. Um, I think it was more, uh, this is probably later, um, uh, in more of the kind of Aztec age, uh, where they were, um, you know, they, they would actually send out, uh, young, young men to go capture somebody that was like, that was their rite of passage. And it, there was some debate on whether or not, 
Um, it was like a one for one type of a deal, like one guy, one captive, <laughs> or um, whether yeah. you could have like all your buddies go out with you and capture a dude. I think that's probably more likely because it would be, I mean, I feel like capturing a person. It, I mean, especially back then, I think people were a little more wily. Than now, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would say that's probably true. They probably went out in groups. Like if I if I think about it, if I put myself back there, right, and uh, the source material I'm going to use is Apocalypse, the Mel Gibson movie. Um, Good, solid, yeah. yeah Historically yeah. accurate. That guy does not have any preconceptions that are negative about any peoples. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, definitely someone there, you know, put put a good movie together. But um, much like Assassin's Creed, <laughs> right? Exactly. But but what I'm thinking when I think about this, you know, you'd probably get all your buddies together. You know, I mean, you know, you probably have a group of moms that all had kids around the same time, and you know, that's your friends. So now it's okay. You're talking about, oh man, we got to become men. Well, we gotta, you know, we gotta capture. Anyways, before I go on a tangent, um, yeah, I, w- I would think they did it in groups. Um, and uh, from what I read of their uh, army rank, uh-huh. basically, if you the more dudes you caught, the better armor you would get. Um, wow. According to and this is all according to a bunch of uh, Spanish codexes. So for more context on that, these are books written after the Spanish came and blew up their ma- major town with a cannon. So, you know, take that with a, a grain of salt, salt, if you will. Sure, yeah. I in mean, terms of how accurate that is. It sounds like, though, if that's the case, that's the same rules as WoW, as far as I remember. Right, I mean, you, The more guys you capture, the better armor you get. You can get some sick-ass pauldrons if you capture, like, I mean, it's, guys. it's it's endgame, for real. Uh, <laughs> real dope endgame. Um, and I think it's fitting for a group of people and this is another tidbit of their origin a group of people that felt like the children of the fifth son born again from mixture of ground skeleton and the blood of a supernatural penis i so i i did uh, in my research there's a lot of stuff about dick blood yeah (laughs) Uh, this might be kind of similar um uh, let me just find my yeah, in a creation myth, uh, Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl? Um, sure. gave his dick blood to give life to humanity. So that's the creation. That's yeah, like one of their creation myths. It's it's similar to uh, the Enki and the Enlil. Uh, I don't know if you're into ancient aliens at all, but uh, the the creation myth of basically uh, the ancient Sumer, I think Sumerian. Yeah, Sumerian creation myth whatever uh-huh. is uh another god basically busting in mother earth's uh river and that then creating life on this planet i mean so i that that makes a little more sense to me just because it's bust and bust does in some way i mean it's kind of related to creating life but dick blood i mean that's yeah, and yeah. there was a big emphasis on dick blood that wasn't the only thing i saw like another thing was that while um, while the sacrifices of, you know, um, captives or, uh, noble people or wh- whomever, um, while those sacrifices were happening, the audience, especially like priests and stuff, but also just anyone who was like pious and wanted to really show off their, uh, their connection to the, the gods or whatever, they'd fucking stab themselves 
and do shit that's like self-sacrifice and a common thing was to stab your uh junk and damn that's uh, to, yeah um and i don't know if it's just because like maybe maybe the reason that that that's significant in their like lore is because everyone's like holy shit dude like that's a real big sacrifice that 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 demigod was able to give up some dick blood i wouldn't give up dick blood for nothing yeah there is no uh there's no god dead or alive for whom i would uh remotely consider it let alone do it yeah Um, i mean i'm just saying like is it is dick blood um is dick blood important to them because it's that is kind of like the biggest sacrifice that you could imagine without dying. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's the only one that's a self-inflicted one, right? Because I mean, most everything else in terms of sacrifice was of other people. What, what I was reading is there was, there was a fair amount of, of self-inflicted stuff um, where people would just like cut themselves or they would um, like most frequently just like bleed on stuff like okay. on something that they consider valuable and then bring that as like an offering into the, you know, sacrificial, I, I don't want to call it a pit cause it was kind of at the top of a, of a pyramid. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they, they'd like bring valuable things that were tainted with, you're not tainted, but like, you know, uh, anointed with their, their blood sometimes from their dicks. Yeah. All I, yeah. When I think about that, all that comes to mind is, uh, must really love your you know culture yeah yeah <laughs> and, that's and, commitment to and, uh, and you know culture. whatever it brings <laughs> honestly that's that's one of the things i find interesting about the whole thing uh with aztecs and, and all the other cultures is how committed they were to the cause yeah and, you know when we think about uh how the you know i, I guess indigenous peoples of undiscovered worlds lived compared to uh, you know, 13th, 14th century Europe, um, you know, no one thinks that, that that's culture or that's development or, you know, moving forward out on a timeline, so to speak. And yet, I mean, they conquered that entire continent. Yeah. I mean, what did their, their main city had like, I don't know, 16 million people living in it at one time. It, it was crazy. It, it, the, the figure that I saw was um, was actually in relation to like the highest, like the ceiling of how many people were potentially sacrificed per year. Okay. Which they, the highest estimates were around 250,000, which a lot of people who, you know, have done like archaeology and stuff in the area think that's a little high. But even if that was the case, that would only be 1% of the population annually. Right. Which means they had a pretty fucking significant population. I mean, 250,000 to a factor of 100 is what? It's 250 million, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's... um, that's Almost as big as the United States in terms of population. Yeah. Or close to, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it was, I mean, definitely one of the larger civilizations that I would imagine back then, although I, I have no, <laughs> I don't know the numbers yeah. on that. But they just said that's a fucking huge number. And I know there was less people overall back then, but that is still a very, very huge, huge number. Huge number. I mean, even, even as a fake number, uh, you know, if, if you think to make that real, okay, I mean, even remove one zero. That's still 25 million. 
that's still bigger than Australia, roughly, almost yeah. as big as Canada at 30 million today, right? That's at today's uh, numbers. It, there's another uh, another sort of important fixture I think they had that would speak to those numbers, but also to their brutality, which is the uh, the 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 skull. Um, rack is i would call it, i would call it a skull rack it's called the huey uh Sompantili or something like that uh but basically it's a rack where they would just line up a bunch of skulls uh pierced through the temples to intimidate their enemies yeah um and from what i from my research from what i read they would process the skulls right so in order to put a skull on this rack, they would remove the skin, I imagine remove the brain, everything else, yeah. dry it out, go through all this processing of it, and not to even mention like the selection process, how must have that gone? You know, did someone just randomly pick at skulls? Like, no, oh, you're, th- you're picking the, the cream of the crop for, right? the, for the frame. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you, you really, the last thing, you, you have to process it because the last thing you want is a uh, stinky right. skull frame. Or I mean, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to agitate all the jaguars and panthers that I had in the in the animal pits at the bottom of my most important temple. So, yeah, I definitely want to pre-process that. Yeah. Um, is it time for an intermission? Maybe. There's somebody in the hallway, I think, so the dogs are going to freak out. Oh, so here's something that I thought was was kind of interesting. Um, so sacrifice, like human sacrifice wasn't generally used as a punishment. Um, yeah. I kind of got the a similar idea. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of an honor to, to be sacrificed, even if you were captured by another tribe and sacrificed by them to their gods, because like you had probably grown up in a culture that, that did really similar things, even if it was to different gods. And, um, and so it was still like kind of seen as an honorable death, even to be captured by um, an enemy tribe and sacrificed. Um, but if you did fuck up, how like there essentially it was believed that if you were you know you know doing crimes or whatever, uh, their society deemed uh, you know out of bounds. Yeah. Um, it was believed that um, it would bring kind of bad luck and just the wrath of the gods on the entire community. And so most people that would uh, commit crimes or do, you know, uh, heinous things would um, punish themselves, uh, like severely punish themselves. And usually it was like they'd mutilate themselves. So if they had, uh, if they, how they put it in the Wikipedia was that uh, if you had committed a crime of the tongue, uh, meaning like if you're talking shit, you'd cut out, you'd have to cut out your own tongue. Um, or, uh, I guess in some scenarios, uh, there was like crimes of the ear, which is, I guess like listening or hearing dropping maybe. maybe, maybe I couldn't really think of what, what harm you could do by listening, but apparently some, some of the, some types of listening was off uh, out of bounds. I mean, maybe if, uh, you know, you, you kind of peeked in on a priest talking yeah. to another priest about an upcoming celebration yeah so um, in that case you'd have to cut off your ears um and then um yeah and then in like the worst cases you'd just have to hang yourself which is like 
really fucked up and people did it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And I think they, I don't think they were necessarily made to do it. It was, they were just so their uh, religion was so ingrained in their culture that it just seemed like a, just a thing you do when you do something wrong. Um, Kind of like how, you know, certain hardcore Catholics will like self-flagellate and stuff like that. Right. There's definitely a lot of uh, kind of dedicated behavior that we see today and a lot of uh, belief systems, right? Yeah. Um, that people commit to. And that, that kind of, all of that blows my mind in a lot of ways when I think about, like, here you have a lot of people that live in, a, let's say, a village type scenario. You know, you have your close-knit family, a couple friends, you know, maybe there's a hundred of you, if you're lucky. So in comes a group of, like, a hundred dudes that are ready to attack and capture. And here's a hundred, you know, it's like a hundred of just kind of everyone so maybe not everyone's a warrior or maybe no one's a warrior you're all just kind of gathering berries and whatever and then all of a sudden you know in five days walk you're gonna get tossed down a um like the temple steps right like i wonder what that must have been like like you know today like we know of who's on geographically right who who's where and you know on a local level too so what that must have been like to live in a little village in the jungle and know that like you know were, were they thinking oh out there is the boogeyman and they're doing crazy sacrificial things or was everyone just doing it it kind of it seems like everyone uh, everyone was doing it to a degree because they i mean there were like first-hand accounts of people being of be, people being captured within not like not spaniards or anything but people uh being captured within the aztec sort of culture um intra-tribe uh capturings and yeah like i said they they didn't you know they they still saw it as an even a more honorable death than dying in battle was to be sacrificed by another tribe yeah it seemed like dying in battle was like the one thing you didn't want to do yeah, you didn't want to be the guy that dies in battle. Wasn't there a ritual? You were, you were, remember you telling me about a, a ritual that they all kind of captured each other. Yeah, so point? I, I read um, a little bit about. I think they were called the Flower Wars, um, and essentially, so from from what I read, um, it it started because there was a uh, a really long drought um, and some damage to crops, probably like fires. And, um, and and that resulted in a massive famine that affected, like, all of the tribes. Um, uh, and so all of the tribes kind of agreed to do a uh, – well, so essentially all the, um, you know, the high priests and stuff like that, the religious figures from each of the tribes met and decided that the reason that this famine had taken place was because the gods didn't feel like they were being properly honored. Okay. Uh, so they decided they were like, yeah, we need to ramp up this uh, sacrifice shit. Um, and so they would do uh, – they they planned out um, these, you know, uh, wars that would happen on a really, like, scheduled basis. And um, essentially they weren't designed to be lethal wars. Um, it was all supposed to be hand-to-hand combat, so no, like, bows and arrows and stuff like that. Um, it was essentially just like bludgeoning, uh, items and you were supposed to, uh, send, um, all the young 
dudes from your tribe, uh, all the dudes that are potentially going to be soldiers in the future, and uh, essentially just have them beat the shit each- out of each other with, like, uh, you know, sticks and stuff. Um and uh, if you get knocked out um, or, you know, subdued by the enemy, they get to take you captive and sacrifice you. Um, and the idea, I guess, is that, you know, if you're if you're good, uh, you're going to be a better soldier from it. Um, and it kind of weeds out the weaker soldiers and at the same time offers um, a lot of sacrifice fodder to, uh, to to every tribe that's involved. And it seemed like it was the majority of them. This was like a pretty agreed upon thing yeah that's that's survival of the fittest to the maximum right there yeah and it's kind of interesting just with like you know how currently we sort we don't we do the same thing for where we sacrifice our young people at a different altar yeah (laughs) we sacrifice them at the altar of like you know capitalism or oil or whatever uh, I, I think I think the term you're looking for is freedom, <laughs> sure. uh, the right to vote, <laughs> uh, pay your taxes, earn an income. You know, right? The I, American I'm life. The, yeah, the uh, the perpetual war thing that that kind of the modern world has seen a lot of, like you know, um, is it's, it's just a, kind it's of it's great interesting. You could you can draw kind of a comparison between the two. Of like I mean, just, it, it makes sense when you think about it, especially that way, right? So they had a drought, mm-hmm. crops were dying. Uh, I think I read a, an article where someone was uh, essentially trying to describe what it must have been like during some of those years and that experience like here you are and it's just hellish right mm-hmm. if you're on the coast you're battered by hurricanes all the time huge winds if you're inland you might have a tornado you know you have scorching weather and then finally you know you do this sacrifice the rain comes and then it just floods everything yeah so it's just other destruction so you know if you if you're believing that this will calm that down and bring you a better life i mean i I could see how i mean oh yeah i mean and if you're if you're born in in that culture the the you know high priests and stuff are like that's the person that you listen to above anyone else so uh, whatever they say you're just like oh well i mean they understand the gods more than i do so yeah uh, yeah I'm, i'm totally cool with going off to war and potentially getting you know hit over the head with a cudgel and then sacrificed it yeah i mean it's a win-win for you right if you if all you were doing (laughs) in uh in a mayan society was you were a farmer you know for however you got to that point you know now all of a sudden you have a chance to fight use your physical prowess to essentially uprank yourself right yeah gain rank in the society because if you if you happen to capture a dude or two or you know if, if there's a bunch of them like there's going to be at least one sloppy dude just get him you bring him home all of a sudden you got the military track sure you'll not be a noble right you won't be a successful merchant but you'll get free clothes and first pick of you know whatever yeah within their army uh, <coughs> setup yeah yeah, that's a good point. Um, here's kind of an interesting thought that I just had. Um, so do you think that the – and we're we're not going to have a, a finite answer for this or anything. This is just sure. pure speculation. 
Do you think that the uh, the high priests and whatnot, the guys that are uh, you know sending all these people to do whatever mm-hmm. or uh, you know sacrifices or what have you, do you think they actually believe their own bullshit, or do you think they um, they like were just essentially just yeah. like so, you know they see a famine and they're like, oh well, I get I kind of built my whole reputation on. If we sacrifice enough people, good things will come, and a bunch of bad shit just came, and we've been sacrificing a lot of people. So, I, uh, yeah, I guess I have to say that <laughs> that we so, need to sacrifice more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right? There's a lot of parallels in today's world with, and I, you know, I don't want to bash our government or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, but with politicians or preachers anyone i'll anyone, bash our government for you if you want <laughs> anyone well anyways my point with this is that anyone that's a speaker by trade mm-hmm. has a sort of a, a certain amount of innate bullshit that they have to spew in a lot of ways um and and this is not counting someone that's like a scientist doing a speaking engagement you know, because right, you're a professional talk. speaker. Yeah, yeah. But if your whole thing is to speak about things that you, you know, portray yourself as knowing things about, but you've never practiced it, mm. from that standpoint, then yeah, you might like eventually you probably believe in your own bullshit, unless you're a complete psychopath, um, and then you just don't care, right? So, right. So I would I would love to, and probably I mean. I don't know how much you can you can get from from bones in terms of DNA to you know know like is there a gene for uh, being a psychopath right or a sociopath rather um, and how do you find that out and we'll never know but if if I look at it from the lens of what we know today and how we are today that would probably be the angle yeah um, I had uh, kind of looked into that a little more and there's a kind of three themes that someone postulated i forget they they had names for all three of like the people that looked at the codexes and and came to some conclusions uh but one was their strict society so you had warriors and priests and so basically you had that that dictomy of uh church and state and state being the warrior side right um and then the church side with priests, they, they both kind of feed into each other and then everyone else falls in line. Cause that's all, you know. Uh-huh. And then of course, like we just talked about, you can either become a priest or a warrior to be a priest. You have to be of noble birth, etc., etc. So like, shit, let me clob some dudes across the head and I'll just be a warrior. Oh hell yeah. Um, and then, and then you, uh, you get into that system. And now, even if you thought that that was bullshit, like, you know, let's say, your sister got sacrificed at one of the virgin sacrifices uh, or something like that, which I'd love to get into one in a second. But, you know, pretty soon you're a warrior now. Like maybe you wanted to change shit, but here's a bunch of gold. Here's some food. Your family's no longer starving. Like now, you know, okay, another drought comes or, you know, if our God spews fire from the heavens, eh, I'll still have food. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I, I'll I still have a respectable position within right. the community. I'm probably not going to be sacrificed anytime soon. Yeah, and I have good equipment. So, you know, if a dude comes at me with a basic stick, I have a, uh, you know, obsidian club. Like, Yeah, and probably, you know, 
likely uh, some some projectiles too. Right. So yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So yeah, let's go into the. Uh, you, you had mentioned like the uh, the virgin sacrifices. Uh, let's go go ahead and tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that is uh, kind of stems from uh, the third observation in terms of uh, what fueled the society of the Aztecs, essentially the sacred cannibalism. Uh, and with virgin <laughs> virgin sacrifices, at least the one I read about, uh, essentially they would choose a woman in the society. Uh, not a lot is known on, on the selection process, but, you know, let's go with the whole honor thing. You know, so you uh, have your daughter get picked out and they dress her up as the fertility goddess. Okay. Uh, that was a big thing with the Aztecs. They would, uh, in the, in the single ritual, uh, I don't know. Cause the other ones right, like mass sacrifice. So this would be, a maybe a holiday celebration. You would dress up as the God or goddess that you are trying to appease and then essentially be paraded through the streets and there's a full day of dancing, of essentially showing off in front of everyone. I also and, I and read that you're supposed to that if you're about to be sacrificed, you're supposed to give like like the I wrote down the uh, the Mesoamerican version of a TED talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, give a speech. Yeah, speech. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't. I'm, I'm not going to blame it on our on our society today, but there wasn't a lot, at least in again the rudimentary internet uh, research that I did, uh, there wasn't a lot in terms of uh, what happened with the uh, fertility rituals other than uh, the end, which struck me, um, where you would have essentially the woman dance all day. Mm -hmm. And then at some point in the middle of the night, as she is walking through a procession, let's say through the streets, and she would maybe be in front of her home and, and, you know, just give it that one last reminiscent look of her childhood. Bam. A priest would just come out and just chop her head right off, clean off. So priests were a bit different back then. Well, they, you know, they had to get their hands dirty. Um, like, like, I mean, if you're going to advocate for the shit, yeah, you're going to get some blood. Yeah. Well, it's like, so, so what I, what I want to know is how sharp were the, because the warriors, Aztec warriors, focused mostly on blunt weapons, right? It was all about capturing your opponent, at least mostly alive, able to walk himself or herself back to then be sacrificed. Right. So or, they, or in some cases, uh, made to work and stuff like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, or be a, a household slave or a farm slave. And they did have knives, I believe, if you... I think once you captured enough dudes, you would be given like an axe maybe or a, like a... a uh, a ribbed club or like a toothed club of some type, but like none of those look like they would make a clean cut. No. And what, what I read is just, this has nothing to do with the beheading aspect of it. Cause they didn't, I mean, they didn't have access to steel or anything. So no, like, obsidian. yeah. And the, and, and, and what I read was that a lot of the, uh, sacrificial blades were actually just like a sharpened piece of flint. And, and that's right. Like, and that, but that was for uh, like evisceration, not not decapitation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think you'd need like a longer. 
I mean, it would be tough. It would be tough to yeah. do it back then to yeah. lop off somebody's head in one fell swoop. <clears throat> I, I default back to, you know, they must have been good practitioners of their craft. Yeah. Um, and, and that, uh, I was going to segue into uh, a little story that I read where they, and, and there's no explanation for this other than, you know, more ritualistic sacrifice. But this was to, they found it, I think... I forget. We can look through my notes, but uh, the the gist of it is that they found uh, something like twenty two or four children's skeletons uh-huh. in uh, in in their main temple, and it looked like they had been burnt alive. And then uh, a little ways off, next to them, they found priest or what they assume is priest skeletons as well. Uh-huh. So that. There's not, again, no information on what sort of sacrifice, <coughs> what sort of sacrifice that was, what they were trying to achieve. Because most of their other sacrifices are of adults, right? Um, there's not a lot of uh, written material on, on child sacrifice yeah. that they did. So mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, the article. That, that was the one I shared with you called uh, The Culture of Peoples Who Burnt Children's uh, Burnt. And flayed children on top of a mountain, or some such. Yeah, colorful I mean, descriptive. That is, that's quite colorful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's terrible. Um, although it's interesting to see that the uh, priest kid connection was strong back then. <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I didn't want to bring it up during this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I what our what our audience uh, makeup is is made of, but uh, uh, I think it's about four people, uh, not counting us. Okay, uh, great. Who they are? So. Great. Well, uh, you're in for a treat. So the the priest child connection. Uh, it's really interesting that the temple mayor, the the main temple of the Aztecs' uh, biggest city, uh, is, translation is, that means temple major. Yes, correct. The major temple is currently <laughs> underneath. The Catholic Roman Catholic Church in Mexico City, and thus further excavations have been difficult uh, in the last, I don't know, a couple decades or whatever. So, yeah, it's just like the uh, the Catholics to just rest their balls on top of the uh, the most significant uh, religious uh, site um, in all of Mexico. <laughs> well, you know, it's easy when the foundation's already laid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not a whole lot of groundwork needed. You just got to build it up from there. Yeah, we didn't really cover the, you know, the whole, you know, Spanish coming over, fucking shit up. I, I, I did see I, this. I, I don't want to get into that too much just because that would be a whole, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, it's a whole nother. Um, but the one thing that I thought was pretty funny is that a lot of what we know about Aztec human sacrifices from the accounts of Spanish imperialists, um, the book is called... Uh, and this is just, I think, a hilarious title. True History of the Conquest of New Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Um, um, it's just, it's funny that they that they decided to call it New Spain that early. They were just like, no, no, this is, this is, this is ours. This is just an extension. This is like yeah. the leg, uh, the disjointed limb of, um, of Spain is just this giant fucking landmass. Yeah, it's, it's ours just, now. It's ours now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. 
And I, I forget my I forget my world history, but uh, all all that comes to mind when I think about that is none of the other conquerors of of let's call them the Western world, even though technically the Aztecs would be over the Western world. But yeah, you know, we're just going to redact that uh, and say that uh, you know if you look at the conquests of anyone as far as back as uh, Alexander the Great going into India. <clears throat> sorry, uh, Alexander the Great going into India, uh, the conquest that the Romans undertook uh, multiple times, what the British did. No one really went in and renamed that land as new whatever. <laughs> At least, you know, if they did give them localized name, names, they were original-ish. Um, well, did they ever... Uh, I mean, actually, I can... I So... Two two things. Sorry, my brain just t- tied itself in the knot. Um, <laughs> it's it's that so kind of a topic. Did they ever call Mexico or any p- portion of South America New Spain? I don't know. I don't know That's either. Uh, the thing that I thought was most funny about that about that article or about that book title is just the the, the fucking balls. Oh, dude, to call I mean, it to call it New Spain when I don't think it's ever been called New Spain. Ever. Never, yeah. I mean, maybe they colloquially called that, but actually the only people that I can think of that ever had the fucking balls to do that were the British <laughs> in a little land called America. <laughs> New uh, Hampshire, New York. Right, right, right. But they never <laughs> called it, uh, they never called it like New, New Britain. I mean, they probably would have. Probably. If, uh, <laughs> well, if, uh, if we didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you know. They probably still would like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not you know, not you, to. Uh, you, you can't tax the T. They right. should have known not to tax the T. Yeah. I mean, and everyone knows how much Americans still love our tea. Oh, hell yeah, man. Just kidding. No one fucking um, cares here. Yeah. We love our Tivana. Yeah, Tijuana's uh, Tijuana's dope. This is a uh, this is totally unrelated. But I had a friend that worked at Tijuana mm-hmm. uh, before they got acquired by Starbucks. It was like right before they got acquired by Starbucks, and um, he used to have so many horror stories about how he would have to go in whenever he was opening and check the giant tea bags because um, it was all like loose leaf back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he'd have to fucking pull roaches out of the like roach dead roaches. Oh oh oh! oh out of the I tea. thought the other kind of roaches. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was dropping roaches all over that Tivana, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, nugs of knowledge in your tea, you know? Yeah. Gotta, but no, he had to, uh, yeah, he had to pull future. fucking bugs out of the tea. Um, and, you know, and I don't trust him to have gotten all of them. So I haven't had Well, I don't trust that. him to have gotten all of them. Uh, and I don't know this kid, but just on if the you basis him, of. you trust him even less. I mean, just on the basis of how roaches work. If there's one dead one, there's probably at least a colony of alive ones. Yeah. This is uh, a dude that if if it was his own personal stash of tea, he would just brew it with the roaches. Extra flavor, he's you that know. Kind of, he's that kind of does he, does he go to the gym? No. Because it's no, extra just, protein, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he Maybe he watches to the gym of nature. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bear Grylls, bro. Yeah. Uh, these were all messages by our uh, sponsors who didn't agree <laughs> um, or were never really contacted. Our sponsor is uh, Tivana. Uh, <laughs> Before it's acquired by Starbucks. Yeah, for all your, uh, your bug-laced tea needs. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about that anymore. They, uh, they don't do loose leaf. 
Yeah, Any and longer. we do want you to know that this is the podcast to go to for um, horrible uh, events of history, um, uh, supernatural stuff, and Tivana news from like eight years ago. <laughs> and they're all sourced from uh, the neighborhood-friendly internet, as well as uh, random shit we've picked up and know, uh, which actually, fun tidbit, and... Uh, I mean, I like this personally, so I hope that the listeners will too. But uh, the topic of the Aztecs, how I came upon it, I was 10 years old in my local library, and I found a picture book on the Maya, the Inca, and the Aztecs. And in the book, it chronicled the history of all of them. Uh, And then in the end, it showed the coming of the Spaniards to the continent so not a happy ending in that little story. Book. No, no. There was a lot of uh, chopping of fingers, uh, hanging people on cliffs by their uh, wrists. Uh, you know, well, crucifixion was an important rite of passage, right? Self-sacrifice. Um, yeah. You know, they, yeah. they probably that's something they fit, probably, fit right in. Yeah, that's a belief they all shared. <clears throat> yeah. Um, One thing that struck me was actually how... Catholic-esque these, you know, religions were. And one thing I also want to point out is I think that I have been erroneously referring to, like, all of Mesoamerican uh, culture collectively as Aztec culture. Hmm. And I don't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, just if I, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, um, the, uh, every time I've said Aztec, as like a full culture, I mean Mesoamerican. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, important to reiterate that this uh, the, the source material is all, uh, you know, briefly reading Wikipedia yeah. and other articles on the internet, and then us talking about it for <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's a great quality podcast. Yes, uh, for sure. But let's, uh, yeah, let's let's get back into their sacrifices. There's another one uh, around New Year's. Uh, anyways, in their respect of death, basically near the end of the year, they would go on a five-day peace streak, uh, so, so to say, in terms of all activity, everything would cease. There would be no more trade in the city. Uh, there's no lights being lit. Everyone is fasting or eating very lightly. And then at the end of the five-day death streak, uh-huh. uh, so to speak, spiritual death, the priests would sacrifice uh, one of their best soldiers, I guess, uh, at the top of the main temple, and they would sacrifice him in, uh, in the following way. Essentially, there's, you know, let's say all the priests, I don't know the number, but they would all get together, uh, they would hold the man down, and then they would cut open his heart through the chest cavity. Wouldn't they? Would they? Wouldn't they remove his heart completely? Well, after after cutting through it. But but as I as I as I think about this, right? So the things that come to mind, like if the, if he was one of their best warriors, right? So he probably was like a physical specimen of some type, you know, a little jacked. Yeah. Like I think you know Ronald Reagan, right? Took a bullet to the chest. Yeah. And like nothing happened because he was jacked. That's kind of joke i heard yeah. uh but anyway so like the dude must have been jacked imagine like sitting there no anesthetic or anything unless i wonder if they chewed cocaine leaves coca leaves 
Anyways, yeah, I mean, probably. probably. Um, shit, I know I would, but uh, but let's assume he was just going in raw and felt everything. It's not like they stabbed him a bunch; they were just saw, yeah, and, and cut and, through. And th- this is with that. It's just a sharpened chunk of flint. Yeah, it's basically. I mean, dude, it's a rock. If you've played Minecraft, you know you might think it's it's like a sharp edge because that's what flint looks like in Minecraft. But it it probably wasn't. I mean, you can get flint sort of sharp, but flint is inherently pretty dull. Like that's why you can strike it with steel yeah. and and essentially cut it. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's uh. So so they would cut him open and then take the heart out. Eat the heart, and then once they passed the heart around and ate it, they would light a fire in the open chest cavity, and then they would take torches and light those torches, and then proceed to walk through the town, slowly lighting all the different um, torches, and that was that would probably simulate some type of uh, death, rebirth. I mean, that cycle. sounds horrifying to go through but and i think i mentioned this when we hung out that is the most badass possible death that i can imagine it would i mean getting your heart cut out would really suck but i mean if i could choose like i I guess that's the most badass possible like funeral (laughs) right 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 (laughs) if i could choose i'd like you know have a heart attack in my sleep or something and then and then they'd bring me on top of a giant pyramid, yeah. uh, and I'd be surrounded by the entire community. But it wouldn't work. They'd cut what? my chest open and then light mortis. a fire inside. I mean, you could do that with a stiff body. Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. I feel like they also like to eat like mostly alive pumping heart. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't have to eat my heart. I, I yeah. really just want a fire lit inside of oh, yeah, my, yeah. my body. You want to be uh, a beacon of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joy and goodwill. Yeah, man. Good fortune, like Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, time and time again, when I think about this and I try to put myself in their shoes. Uh-huh. Now, I know some moron out there is going to be like, oh, but Alex, they didn't wear shoes. We know. <laughs> Maybe they did. Not the point. Probably sandals. Probably. It's just better for the climate. Well, so like I wonder if you're a kid growing up in that time. Right. Like, cause I remember being a kid around new year's time. Like I love fireworks. Right. And like staying up, uh, when your parents tell you to go to bed and you know, all that. So like, would kids like sneak off, you know, like, I feel like if I was a kid, right. Like a little kid yeah, or like a, you know, teen, well, I'm sure by the time you were like 10, you were ready to go to fight. So, you know, maybe like a seven year old, First grader, like if I was a first a grader, childhood was a different concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, would you get together with your friends and just be like, "Oh, dude, we gotta go like creep on these," you know? And like, did they find their ways like into the temple, or like if you if you're one of the kids, like let's say you were you were you know two families, one family is on the priest side and the other is on the warrior side, and so like you have full access into the temple. Like, did you find hidden ways to get in and out, and then you just like watch the procession like watch it all happen from the top and just like revel in it and like be happy yeah. <laughs> as a dude is like i wonder if the dude screamed right like oh i mean you'd have to they, i mean you're not gonna be quiet well i don't know is it a point of pride like maybe but i regardless i mean that's that yeah, yeah, yeah like that's, how many hacks would it take hurt. 
Like, how many hacks would it take before just the pain was too much? I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd imagine you'd probably pass out pretty quickly. But there's yeah. got to be some kind of like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, or I wonder if, uh, like, if they, if they like marked off, like, you know, instead of just going right in and stabbing, if they like started cutting, so they just made like small incisions around the heart. Mm-hmm. And was it like a perfect circle or were they making shapes? Like, from, from what I read, it was a uh, straight cut down the middle. Oh, just uh, straight. Uh, as Shakespeare would put it, nape to nave. <laughs> so there, so it's not really a cut so much as it's a dig out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's essentially like, I mean, this is not going to translate well to the podcast, but like right at the bottom of your neck, all the way down to like your belly button. Oh, it's, so they were going right down the line. middle. Oh, so at they, least they, that's what the paintings and stuff that I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, then they probably weren't cutting through a lot of the muscle, which that would make for. I mean, that makes more sense because the fire could be bigger. Yeah. Like if I, if you chop someone open, and and this source material material comes from the four uh, VHS set of Jack the Ripper uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I watched as a twelve year old. Hell yeah! But right, like if you cut down how, uh, what what you just showed mm-hmm. um which translates really beautifully down to the center audio. of your torso I but guess. yeah if you if you cut down the cartilage and then just kind of rip it open then yeah you're not really fighting with the muscle yeah i mean it just it would so make that, for easier easier access that might make more sense yeah Jesus. okay so here's another thing that i don't think we touched on yet is there's there's a lot of debate about the numbers but there was like one day Mm-hmm. In like I can't remember the year seventeen something. Um, yeah, I, I no have it fourteen uh, fourteen eighty seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was off by only yeah. About, so I have uh, a little bit oh, right here on it as well. Yeah. So um, I, I I don't know a whole lot about what the uh, if occasion was, <laughs> but um, there's essentially it's it's estimated between four thousand and eighty thousand four hundred people. Um, were yeah, that was, sacrificed in within four days. Yeah, that was for the uh, commemoration, dedication of uh, their new temple, I think. Ah. Uh, for, there you go, I yeah. can't pronounce this, uh, Hutlispoli. Uh, Hutlispoli? Huitzilopochtli. An important temple, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, definitely have warranted 80,000 uh, 400 sacrifices. Yeah. Um, and so, so they're like the, there's a lot of debate on the numbers. Um, because, uh, if, if that were to be the case, they would have had to sacrifice something like, like 30 people, uh, every 10 seconds. <laughs> I mean, um, but, but to support that, they actually were able to find, kind of find the logistics of this. So it would make sense that I, I didn't see that it was, uh, it was, um, to dedicate to a new temple, just because I didn't do that as much research as you did. But what what I read was that oh, I, they... I got that on a on a German uh, German news site. Oh yeah, you sent me that article. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what I read was the uh, logistics that they found for like you know that archaeologists found uh, supporting that really high. 80,400 figure, which is oddly specific, by the way, 80,400. Why not just say 80,000 if you're, you know, I mean, right. Like that tough far to get back. That, yeah. That's that. The, there's a couple things that, you know, make me think, uh, that's, that sounds like a lot. I mean, I'm sure it was a lot. 
And so, so, wait, right. so what I was about to say is this, this kind of supports the theory that it's a lot. So apparently the logistics they had set up for um, sacrificing that many people were they had four sacrificing tables mm-hmm. set up on top of the pyramid, right? And probably four priests. If it was one priest, that's a lot of work. And uh, Oh, I'm sure it was like a family of priests. Yeah, and they would do that that same evisceration ritual. I don't know if they'd actually, you know, do the, they probably didn't do the fire or anything, uh, but they would cut straight down uh, somebody's torso, rip out their heart, and then uh, how, how it was set up was there was like essentially slides on the side of the, on so all four sides you know? of the pyramid. So they just slide the bodies down and then have the next one come up. So it's kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a national chain of, um, of a water park, but I'm thinking of wild waves. It's yeah, a little yeah, like yeah. wild waves or, uh, or like Disneyland, you know, they've got, except they probably didn't pipe water down. No, no, no. It's probably just blood fuel. Just, yeah. Honestly. Just blood. And, uh, I mean, you, you have bodies. to, it's important to get your gods approval. Um, and, and, and it's important to be a fit. I mean, you don't one, want the sun to fall out of the sky. Yeah. And you can, uh, the credit that I can give these priests is they, they, I give them points for efficiency. I mean, they were letting gravity do the work for them. Like, you know what I wonder? <laughs> did they do, did they, did they, uh, have a rehearsal? You know, <laughs> dress rehearsal where they've got just like, like a bunch of cows or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, they, so they didn't. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, funnily enough, in terms of the origin mm-hmm. of the whole sacrifice is and and eating of, of the human body is that they didn't really have sources of protein uh, oh. on the continent. And this too came from that same German article. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, not sure. If that limits it in any way, but essentially the question that I have then is if they didn't have a good source of protein Mm -hmm. supply, uh, maybe like would eating humans work? I mean, I'd imagine there's some protein in, in human meat, but I would also think it would be a lot harder to like procure enough people well yeah because like they had you know if we go by the original number of 250 million on that in the region so on that part of the continent and that's 250 million a year or yeah yeah sorry sorry uh yeah no you're right (laughs) i I, yeah yeah, 250 million a year man if we're producing that much that'd be you know yeah it wasn't 250 million a year it was 250 million total and then yeah 250,000 a year yeah it's one percent yeah sorry but even with all that it's just at least maybe from my point of view like the way we handle food today in terms of mass production like feeding people there are um logistics in place Uh i just don't see them doing all of that you know just to feed themselves like i'm sure they hunted birds or even snakes um I mean that was one of the right if we go back uh quickly to the to the point uh of origin mm-hmm. for the Aztecs uh the story goes that they walked down into uh Mesoamerica and essentially kept walking uh they were denied but because they were in the in the early stages you know there's just a bunch of people walking so they were denied uh the opportunity to settle next to another group of people that they later conquered. Um, but they kept walking until they saw an eagle perched on a cactus eating a snake. 
Yeah, that's always the sign to stop walking. Right, right, right. That's uh, I, that's I think today we call it jumping the shark. Uh, during Moses' time, it was a talking fire moment. Um, yeah, that's definitely a moment of pause and self reflection. Uh, and personally, I think my ending point to their origin uh, and their whole behavior, I would say, was being fueled by the magic mushrooms that they were eating and exposure to psilocybin. Yeah, I think that actually is the most, like, um, we can get into Freud's explanation and stuff, too. Um, but I think that's the most, that's the explanation of why so many different cultures had so many, like, similar uh, traditions and similar uh, styles of architecture and things like that at, at different, completely different places in the world where they would have had no way to connect I mean, with one another. Like the most classic example of that is the like Mayan temples slash, you know, uh, pyramids, um, in Mesoamerica and in Egypt. Um, I think that's the most, uh, the, the most logical explanation of why that would happen is just because these people are all tripping on shrooms. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would agree. And, and uh, because shrooms can grow kind of anywhere uh, if you if they're if they have the right conditions. Like it just has to be kind of a dank. Yeah, uh, you need you need some type of moisture. You need dampness, but you can even in a dry environment. Like let's say if they went through you know one of the dry spells. Um, even so, not all of the jungle is dry. Right, and peyote grows um, in the desert too. And, uh, and, and in both, uh, I would imagine the Middle East and um, in uh, and you know the what is what used to be Mesoamerica. Right, absolutely. Um, one and, and this loosely ties uh, to this only because did you know that jaguars trip balls on ayahuasca? No. So uh, I, I heard this. Um, on another podcast and it's the Joe Rogan podcast. You can cut this out if you want. I don't know if we it's okay. I should mean, commercialize that one. Yeah. I mean, I, um, it's, I, anyone who knows me knows I don't like Joe Rogan, but that said, I do like hallucinogens and, um, purveyors of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a soft spot a little bit. Um, well for that one, it was, um, I forget who we had on all that's relevant only to say that jaguars uh, love love tripping balls, and I know this is an audio podcast, so, <laughs> so we can take a look at the video later. But they they literally do. They seek out ayahuasca, eat it, and then like roll around on the ground, stare at the sky. That's kind of awesome. And just like their eyes just straight glaze over. Okay, and it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a video of that we're gonna record it, and if it doesn't sound good, I'll take it out. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're literally like little children. You want to come up? Okay, fine. Don't. <laughs> Charlie's being it's playing hard to get. It's okay. Uh, jaguars. Jaguars eating ayahuasca. There we go. Eating ayahuasca. Also, yeah, that one. Can you hear that, or is that just in my headphones? I can hear it. Okay. Is it in your headphones? Oh, then it's on. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't have access to YouTube, what we're watching is a jaguar uh, essentially tripping nuts. Cats have looking to trip balls. The footage is interlaced with some monkeys going buck wild. That's what you heard a second Just ago. Just as pet cats eat grass, large cats like jaguars eat leaves. 
When regurgitated, they cleanse their digestive system. I can do that too. But, like catnip, some plants induce other effects. Yeah. It's a little stronger than catnip. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Yaji is one of the commonest rainforest vines. It seems to cause playful, kittenish behavior. But could something deeper be happening? Oh yeah, he is, he is tripping. Like well, you can see his fucking pupils so dilated. Yeah, and he's just looking up at the trees. Like I've, I've definitely been on mushrooms and looked up at the trees power. like that. Exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if their eyes are naturally they bloodshot, the but... Jaguar also <laughs> takes Yaji to heighten its senses when it hunts. Like so much of weird nature, there is still so much to know. Yeah, there is. Weird nature. That's Anyways. pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, Jaguars can hang. That's a thing that happens <laughs> in nature. Um, but yeah, so so my whole uh, thought with what fueled the asset culture and way of life, because for all intents and purposes outside of the spiritual, I mean, they... they had a civilization as big as Rome for, you know, relative to size of continent, etc. Yeah. Right? I mean, by all accounts, they were just as successful. And, you know, if I think about it, I might even say, I mean, you know, compared to how we live today, we're all based around greed. Mm -hmm. um, but they had no no aspirations towards the gold or the silver. Yeah, other, other than to just make intricate shit to appease their gods. Yeah, and it seemed like, um, it, just to contrast it with like Roman culture, for example, it seemed like uh, nobility played, it, it did play a role, but a much smaller role. Like it wasn't as big of a deal to be a noble and it wasn't as big of a deal to be like, quote unquote, lowborn. I don't even think they had a concept of that. Yeah. It was like, if you're in the yeah. tribe, you're in the tribe. If you're from another tribe, like they still actually treated you like a human being. Well, it, uh, it, it from to a degree, I mean, they did have like slavery and stuff, but it, it seemed like a lot more humane and like populist almost than something like Greece that was really like kind of a um what's that uh system of government called oh uh in Greece the uh aristocracy aristocracy yeah, yeah um or uh well aristocracy is more like the French and like, yeah no uh a plutocracy let's call it that I mean essentially you're thinking where you have a senate or a kind of a form right which is fine but but they it was more of like there was a ruling class and then there was like a surf class in, yeah. In yeah 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 most of like what you'd call western culture western exactly. civilization yeah and in um in more like native cultures it was 
it was a lot more flat. It seems like there was the people that were held in super high regard, like the uh, the priests, and then there was kind of everybody else. Yeah, well, priests and warriors. Yeah, uh, but it, but I mean, if you look, if you kind of summarize a bunch of shit just based on um, the purpose behind the roles, so a, a priest and a, and a warrior and a, you know everyone else kind of below them, the purpose was to basically get more humans to then give them to the gods. Right. Right. Uh, there's one ritual uh, behavior or I guess a behavior during a ritual where once the sacrifice is made, they would pool all the blood in a golden or, or a, a skull, skull goblet and then turn it to the statue of the god for whom the sacrifice was made with bamboo straws. Like I remember I was telling you, I mean, they were environmentally conscious, right? It took us o- over 2000 years to figure out that plastic straws are bad for the environment. <laughs> and now we, you know, have like paper straws. And I think, is it in India where they're doing bamboo? I forget who it was that's trying to introduce. Probably you know, sucks a lot less than paper straws. Uh, paper straws. Well, the beautiful thing yeah. with uh, bamboo utensils is, is you can eat them. Oh, because they're made from the like the bamboo shoot part. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not the the I, wood, right? I've like, always, that's that's always been my least favorite part about straws is that you can't eat them. Right? <laughs> and, like I finish my drink and I'm like, what am I going to do with this other than eat it? I know I can't, but yeah. I want to. Right. Um, so <laughs> you know, and wait, so and they would drink the blood out of a skull with a bamboo straw. Yeah. Damn. I mean, they should have used hollowed out, hollowed out bones just to complete the aesthetic. Right. Yeah, I mean, but you know, they probably. Yeah, I wonder what. Probably took a lot of work if you think about it. Yeah, it's not. It's not um, as easy as a. It's you know, you, you'd have to get a pretty small bone, right? A pretty watertight one that might. Yeah, and I mean, bo- bone is porous. Yeah, easier general, said than right? done. And brittle. Yeah, I stand Plus, corrected. Like, yeah, no, no one really wants. Like, imagine if you're like. Drinking out of a bone straw and then it chips and now you just got a bunch of bone down your throat and it's like all like chopping you up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of, of all that and, and skulls and bones, what I really like uh, and the numbers, what, what I really like is the uh, we, we mentioned this early on, but the, the Huey uh, Tsulapuli, uh-huh. the, the, the skull rack that they uh, had everywhere. I mean, the, the, the depictions of the skull racks uh, almost outnumber everything else. It was uh, like once you go through conquest and you process all the skulls, putting it all together was almost as uh, important or if not more important than the conquest to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I read a number somewhere that the at its height, it counted something like a hundred thousand skulls. Holy shit. Um, and then what I really liked about it is the positioning within the city. So I'm just going to, uh, read this straight through, but essentially it was, uh, positioned to match, uh, to match the, the North section of the city, uh, which corresponded to the land of the dead, uh-huh. uh, called the, Mitch Lumpa. <laughs> it's essentially where you would go if you die of a dishonest death. Oh shit! Um, so it's like I guess you could call it their hell. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, what's really interesting to me. According to their 
uh, origin, that whole being birthed from uh, crushed skeleton yeah. and blood, uh, it's where the skeleton originally came from. Wait, what do you mean? The land of the dead. So oh, okay. their god created them. He pulled the skeleton from the land of the dead, oh. uh, which kind of speaks to the whole circular nature of the belief that everything uh, comes full circle or, you know, goes in circles. Sometimes I wonder if it's like, because, you know, it's it's romantic to say rebirth, you know, fire and phoenix. But then I'm like, it all goes full circle. Is it all just insanity? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, hitting the same thing and, and basically uh, getting the same result every time you spin around. Uh, and then the other the other postulation uh, around the placement of this of this skeleton rack, which again, hundred thousand skulls. Like that's that that can't be a small rack. No, that's a big ass rack. That's an overall. Like like dude, like ask yourself, right? Like you'd probably need a rack going from the door of your apartment to the window to fit. I don't know. Now I wonder how. Many I mean, skulls. to fit even like five hundred skulls. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, my apartment. I, I even if you filled my apartment with skulls, which I am going to do at some point, uh, <laughs> I don't think you could fit a hundred thousand in here, floor to ceiling. Yeah. Right. I just, I, I don't have the square footage. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so all around just a, a crazy, crazy belief system or like a way of living to think about. Yeah. And, and like when I try to make sense of it even more and I, I kind of put myself in that state of mind, like, okay, if I, like, is it only that I know that a hurricane is a hurricane by the definition of that word that it doesn't, you know, like when I see a hurricane, why don't I think it's, you know, some God that's angry, like being yeah. angry. I've, I've never seen a hurricane. Right. So maybe that's why. But also without context, if you didn't know what a hurricane was and back then, I mean, you're probably only going to see like one in your life. Right. You why why wouldn't you think that it's an angry god right, like exactly. it's so it's just like so the scale is beyond anything you can imagine yeah and it's the it, like it seems like it's specifically designed to punish anything that's alive right exactly. um yeah yeah so i mean I, I, to a degree i can get where they're coming from because they didn't understand like you know barometric pressure and shit like that right 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 <laughs> well and like even with that, even with our understanding of what creates it, mm. like I wonder, is it just that? Is it just that we've kind of lulled ourselves into a, a state of understanding that like nothing phases and phases us anymore? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it's even. I think the situation we're in is a little, little more frightening, even because I, if I could just, uh, like pretend that that all of this crazy shit that's happening is because there's an angry god then at least there would be an end point you know there's at least would be a solution is to make god happier yeah, yeah, yeah. and there and the solution now is like there ain't shit we can do dude but we, got yeah, like, we got like 10 years <laughs> right 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 we're we're uh, near the end but even with that like uh I looked this up and I think we should we should do it for the cast and just go through them. But I looked at the calendar of uh, sacrificial holidays uh -huh. that they celebrated. Yeah. And assuming that it so so their years go 
260 days and then 360 days with the five days of um, that uh, fast ritual that ends up uh, with the relighting of all the torches. So if you looking at the timeline that at least you know is written down that, that we think we know of when the Aztecs started in around 650 BC and then uh, went all the way through to 14 was it 600 BC I had it written down um, 80 80 not BC I'm crazy uh, but yeah like you know let's say let's assume like 650 AD was the start and then they they went through and they conquered and fought a bunch and over time and through alliances built everything when the Spaniards were all done with it was around 1521 or Mm -hmm. so you know but early early 16th century that's a solid couple hundred years yeah like almost what 500 is my math correct 600 yeah. years at least because they I, I just a note that I had was that um, just the practice of Aztec human sacrifice goes back to uh, as early as 400 BC yeah so and, and that's with everyone else right the Maya that the sacrifices and and they attribute the scale uh, the scale to the Aztecs sure well like that's a crazy amount of human sacrifice yeah because they were doing it for so long and they were doing you know the estimates are up to two hundred and fifty thousand a year which right. like multiply that even by 10 years and that's a shitload of people yeah <laughs> multiply it by like you know four to eight hundred years that's that's a lot yeah that's a lot of people dying and even with like just to think you know with famine like some accounts say they had as much as five years of famine mm-hmm. and and bad weather, and then you know to be rewarded with flash floods after that. Yeah. Even still, in all that, what are we gonna do? We're gonna kill us some some warriors, or you know, and then to bring it back to the flower wars that you that you mentioned, you know, when it when it came time and they were like so even in their most i assume that probably came about from desperation yeah right like let's say they were completely developed and all the relationships were built out and there was no more you know wars to be had right like i'm sure it came a time where it wasn't kosher to just go and like jack a village of your you know uh neighbor right there was a total of maybe like two other two other big cities that were uh, powerful at that time Right, so you don't um, really want to fuck with them because they'll fuck back. Right, right, right. Like yeah. if if the two of them come to, it's like the the enemy of my enemy type of situation, right. um, you know. And so, even with all that, they found a way. Like, what was that conversation like? Yeah, like how many how many priests and warriors came to that meeting? What were the logistics like? Right, and and I think the thing that is so striking to me about that meeting that must have happened because they did all agree to do the right. It's not like they had the internet. It's not like they could just tweet and be like, no. And and (laughs) what's what's the most striking to me about that is that 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 kind of meeting, like you could see that happening today, right? Like between like fucking Angela Merkel. 
Donald yeah, yeah. Trump and well, dude, fucking uh, speaking of yeah. meetings um, not and, that Merkel would be happy about it or anything but I'm just saying well, yeah you, you won't see. be president anymore but you yeah. could definitely you could definitely uh, yeah no I can, I mean they do have backdoor meetings yeah right like anytime the United States president meets with any other president their meeting is between them two a closed door and two interpreters right who I mean, I know if I was an interpreter for the president, I wouldn't want to lose that job. No. Dude, that's got to be the cushiest job. I mean, <laughs> assuming that I know the language I'm interpreting for, right. uh, you know, just, just from who I am today and how I've come about to learn uh, English and, you know, my own language uh, and, and all that. And at one point, German, like it's once you know a language, it's easy to talk in. And if I had a cushy job that has me sitting next to the president yeah i wouldn't be divulging secrets yeah um and and for them to have a two-hour conversation and then come out and say yep we had a good talk we Things figured are looking it out up. yeah you know there's going to be trade money's going to be made it's going to be good you spoke for two hours yeah what do you mean That's yeah you and this, i mean this right? must have come from i mean maybe it wasn't a two-hour thing and maybe it was probably a couple of days, a couple of sacrifices. In, in my mind's you know. eye, yeah, they all went together to like some cool place and they took a bunch of mushrooms or peyote or something. Yeah. And uh, and then just hashed it out over a while and came up with this idea for um, these like agreed upon wars. But that just seems like, I mean, the, that exact, that's like pretty much the plot of 1984. Yeah. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. And, and kind of the plot of the Iraq war. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, yeah. It's oh, uh, to to mention another sponsor that's uh, not actually a sponsor, but there's a movie uh, about how that war came about. Uh, it's the same. It's the same cast that did uh, the Big Short. Have you seen the Big Short? Uh, I it's, know it's, of it. Yeah, yeah I haven't. Yeah, seen it's it. the, you should watch it. It's about the 2008 collapse. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it explains basically everything. It's about uh, Bernie Madoff, right? Uh, which one? Uh, Big Short. Uh, it's not. It's not about any one person. It's about the investors that figured out oh, okay. how to short the American market. Yeah, Bernie they, Madoff was one of those guys. I think. So I don't know if I don't remember. I, I'll have to watch it to know if they if someone plays Bernie Madoff. But they basically have like Christian uh, Bale, Batman, yeah. plays one of the investors that uh, made ungodly amounts of money for the people's fund that he was running. Yeah. And he almost lost it. Like they, cause when he first did that, he uh, took like all their money and just dumped it. And they were just like, what the fuck? Like they wanted him off. Yeah. And so he just shut his email off and just went swimming, like fucked <laughs> off. Um, and then he came back and made them like 490% Jesus. or something, some ungodly amount. And yeah. then he sent them an email basically with a big fuck you. It was nice and polite. It was like, you know, I'm closing down the fund because well, if you can't make it on this, on what you've made, I was tell you, like I can't do anything for you. Yeah, and uh, now he invests because the 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 end of the movie gave a like a brief summary of what everyone did afterwards, and he's basically investing in clean energy and water, uh, which I thought was a big tell as to uh, you know what yeah. we should be doing. Yeah, like well, literally, we should be buying water. Because uh, that drought is coming, and I don't think we can sacrifice uh, yeah. twenty thousand bodies to appease <laughs> Donald Trump. Exactly, and um, uh, not only that, we're getting a little off topic, but still, not only that, but 
the people that hey, I brought it back full circle with that twenty G sacrifice. Yeah, uh, and people that twenty K that currently you know. are investing in water and clean energy are the people who would fucking love to be able to charge you a shitload oh, of money dude. for the privilege Flint, of Michigan? living. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so anyway, but oh, um, so you're saying that movie? Yeah, yeah. So that movie is basically about uh, the lead up to the Iraq War. And the guy playing George W. Bush, at least in the trailer, mm-hmm. spot on. And the only person that's even better, the guy playing Dick Cheney. Damn. And yes, yes, they do have the apology snippet after getting shot in the face. Wow. that's It's fucking that's brutally cool. amazing. Um, that sounds good. So I look forward to that. Yeah. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsor, not sponsors. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, fuck. Like that, to to bring it back to Aztecs, and um, I know we've, at least in my research and kind of where my frame of frame of mind comes from, mm-hmm. of, of only focusing on like that the major city, uh, and the one big temple that we know of where uh, a Roman Catholic church sits on top of today. But there were two others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were just as big. And then I wonder like how many little settlements were there um, that they kind of were big enough to maybe have a skull wall or a mm-hmm. skull pile or two, you know, or maybe a couple of uh, Jaguar and Panther pens for cleanup. Like what were the logistics of cleanup like? Yeah. And uh, to bring it back to the original point I had in my head is, Something drove all of these people to think the same way. And they didn't all come from, at least according to the story, from the Aztecs that came from the mythical land from yonder year up north somewhere across the mountains. This isn't some, like, knowledge that people imparted to one another necessarily outside of their own tribes. So, like, yeah, there there were several different cultures that, that came across a lot of the same conclusions. And you could go, like... All around the world. Right. And look at ancient cultures, and a lot of them did come to really similar conclusions. It's just really interesting. And sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's really interesting, and it just makes me think, like, about maybe I just need to do more mushrooms or, like, (laughs) I don't – peyote I'm I'm skeptical of, and I don't want to (laughs) turn this episode into – yeah, fuck it. Yeah, Uh, let's go ahead. But, yeah, it's just because that one, from how I understand, at least in conversation with – people that have done it you want someone that's a guide more so than like when you do mushrooms right right because like uh what's the word you use microdosing like it's always good to have someone that does that so that you can all be uh you know controlled children right during that experiment but uh with peyote that's a. Uh, I i spoke to this girl uh when i was in in uh, cancun that uh was really adamant and this was at a resort right so uh went to this wedding Cancun. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I may have mentioned a story too it's like a tropical storm came in knocked out the power oh shit a no, bunch of people like the whole fucking uh so all right another message from our sponsor not sponsor so i'm in cancun we're sponsored by cancun storms you don't want to go there now uh they took down one of the big cartels and so now the little gangs are all fighting uh, a bunch of uh, tourists are dying. So, yeah, not a good time to go, but a uh, great place to be if you do make it. Um, so we're at this wedding, and it's supposed to be a beach wedding. Like The, the party that we were with had the main beach spot, um, and then they had planned a second wedding 
uh, on same beach, but a little ways down. And then only one was going to be in their main, main indoor building. And the fucking tropical storm comes in and the whole resort, it's all marble floors, by the way, which I don't know if you've ever walked on marble floors when they're wet. I can imagine it's pretty bad. Oh, actually I have in Vegas. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, I can't. Well, I mean, like I've lived in, in Maine for 10 years. I can do ice. Yeah. But this was wet marble is like lower friction. I mean, dude, the thing is if you eat shit on ice, like just look for snow, throw yourself in the snow or Mm -hmm. like, you know, go one butt down. At least you fuck up a hip. But, uh, you eat shit on marble. Dude, so three people, three people ate shit on marble that night. Um, One was uh, this lady that cracked her head open, and her uh, grandchild thought that she was dead because she was unresponsive. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Um, Yeah, yeah, and then uh, a guy took a digger in his uh, in his room and clipped the back of the bed. Um, He had to. He he had to take a trip. the The lady that took uh, took a dip, she didn't go. She just kept drinking. She she came over to our table to say hi. Fucking blood trickling down her face. Yeah, that's what I do if I got a head injury too, though. Uh, just drink it off. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what else are you gonna do, right? You're you're in Cancun. Huh? If you've never been, Cancun is only pretty at the resorts. They don't really do a whole lot outside of. Although them. they do have socialized medicine, so you'd probably get better care there than in the uh, U.S. You would. You would. You, you definitely would. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's not a bad place to be, but yeah, the whole part went out. Uh, the other wedding party, one of them also took a digger and like had to be put in the room, like couldn't be there for the wedding. Um, one couple, like the, the, one of the buildings that they had with the rooms, um, cause they would have like eight rooms to a structure, uh-huh. the whole, whole first floor flooded oh shit like uh i don't know it was like a lady husband um with two kids uh-huh. and uh, one of them went to flush the toilet and the shit just started coming out and just Damn. pouring out and just flooded the whole room but they uh they put them on the second floor of that building so that worked out but like but, all, I mean, all their shit was just wet yeah and his yeah. pride never recovered i'm sure oh dude i mean and when you clog a toilet so epically that it floods a, an entire floor of a hotel Dude, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But that's also kind of a monumental achievement uh, in its own right. Yeah. But yeah, so anyways, that's a message from our sponsors. Uh, be careful when you walk on marble. Uh, yeah, the sponsor is wet marble. <laughs> wet marble and, and, and uh, tropical storms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so back to this. Um, what more can we say about the uh, amazing nest that is... Living for your God. <laughs> yeah, sacrificing human beings in uh, pursuit of religion. I don't know. I mean, I that kind of covers like all of my notes. Um, we covered the dick blood um, at length. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that's really, that was the main thing I wanted to touch on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, can you think of anything else we uh, haven't covered yet? Um, no, maybe, um, maybe I can go to... Uh some of my my quotes from this article that i found yeah uh you can take the wheel if you want yeah yeah so so here's one that i like uh we kind of touched on uh the treatment of people the nobility and how it doesn't seem like uh anything existed i really like this one uh 
about the fairness of the Aztec society, essentially saying that from today's point of view, it may come as a surprise uh, about the brutal state. But inside uh, the Aztec order, they were halfway human and slavery wasn't really known. Um, if they were brutal judges, they would be executed. Uh, the nobles received harsher punishments uh, for the same offenses uh, versus the peasants. So, you know, like I wonder if you if you commit an eavesdropping crime as a peasant, maybe they like hack off a lobe. Yeah. Or like if you're a noble, do they just chop both your ears off? I don't know, but I think, I mean, I kind of think that's that's the way to do it. That's definitely the way to do it. Um, like you should know better. And man. to be clear, this was a this is a direct quote, right? Yes. Yeah. So we don't we don't think that Aztecs are half human. They're 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 full human. Oh yeah, they, no, no. It's some weird beliefs, but uh, yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd say they're they're all humans. It's it's honestly not even like of all the things that I've read in my life and seen. Uh, or or heard about it's not even that outlandish no it's like surprisingly a little bit less brutal in terms of a society than than a lot of like uh you know uh of the like middle ages of you know um europe where you'll see brutality in lots of really like unfair ways of essentially going after the people that are the most vulnerable yeah yeah Um, exactly there wasn't a lot of that here, it was actually going after the people that were the least vulnerable and the people that were being gone after kind of were okay with it because they thought it was for a greater cause, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I brought up Apocalypto early on, and if you haven't seen the movie, essentially the the whole big thing is that a, a basic village, you know, they're not warriors, so to speak, as, as much as they're just hunters, mm. they get caught and, you know, there's a slaughter that goes on and there's another village where they're, they look pretty starved and they also get caught. But from what we kind of researched and talked about, it seems like most of their fighting was like able-bodied men versus able-bodied men Yeah, with weapons. I mean, I'm sure in the early days, you know, you might've gotten caught, but this was like, you know, 600 years of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the Sigmund Freud explanation, that's, that guy's weird. He's not our sponsor. Yeah. I mean, Freud, he thinks everything's about wanting to kill slash fuck your parents. Yeah. We covered most of this. Uh, let's, uh, maybe take a look at all the holidays. Uh, that involve human sacrifices. Sure, I you can find that, that on the Wikipedia. Uh, it, just the general Wikipedia uh, on the Aztecs calendar of sacrifice. Click on that. Oh yeah, there it is. And just like if, if you look at every single one that has, uh, you can you can even just read the name and then this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So, what yeah, they do let's, for it. Um, we've got Alta. Kawakalo, uh, from February 2nd to February 24, or 21st, sacrifice of children and captives to the water deities. Uh, Taiga Kaksifehua Lizzity. <laughs> I'm not really sure, but that, that other one, that's their main uh, creation. 
creation deity, this this H. Oh, okay. Who would see Lopochili? I think so. Um, so I'm not one, an expert. That one's from February 22nd to March 13th. Sacrifice of captives, gladiatorial fighters, dances of the priest wearing the skin of flayed victims. So that seemed that's pretty festive. Yeah. So basically, that's that's February through March, nonstop. Yeah, and then Tozo uh, uh, Tantili uh, from March 14th to April 2nd, um, and that is uh, Extraction of the Heart, Burying of the Flayed Human Skins, so kind of uh, finishing out the uh, previous one, and this one starts a day after the other one ends, um, and Sacrifices of Children to kind of tie it all together. Yep. Um, uh, damn, these are all, these all start one day after the previous one ends. So it's like year round. Um, okay. Next one is Huey Tozozidi. Yeah. That's the wall one. I think, um, this one says this is from April 3rd to April 22nd. So again, picks up the day after the last one ends, um, (laughs) sacrifice of a maid, um, and of a boy and a girl. Oh yeah. Virginity and, uh, Fertility, yeah. Yeah. Important. Uh, Gotta have babies. Then we've got Tox Cattle. We're only on the fifth one uh, here, folks. Uh, April 23rd to May 12th, again, picks up the day after the last one ends. Sacrifice of captives by extraction of the heart. Uh, Yeah, these are all going to just pick up on the day before or the day after the the previous one ends. So the next one is Etzal Kualitsi. Um, sacrifice by drowning in extra- extraction of the heart. Do you want to take the next couple? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the next one we have is the Tequil uh, Huitonitli. And essentially that's a simple sacrifice by extraction of the heart. So no drowning, no flailing, just straight up take my heart away. Yeah. Uh, then we got another... Uh, Huitachuli, and that one picks up where the last one left off in June, going to July 11th, and that one is uh, sacrificing of decapitated woman and extraction of her heart. If she's already Um, decapitated, is it really a sacrifice? That, you know, is uh, something to think about. Very philosophical. Uh, So, yeah, then we have uh, the Tiaxo Chimako, which rounds out July, ending on the 31st, having started on the 12th, which, again, is literally the day after the last one. Um, this one is in the honor of uh, the, the the main three gods, I think. I'm not really sure. A lot of the gods overlap, so I think they're just straight up, you know, whoever's listening. Kind of like we are today, you know? We, yeah. We, uh, you know, if whoever's up there, whatever you call your God, as long as he's listening, it's a good good day. Uh, but this sacrifice uh, kind of deviates, and uh, it's sacrificed by starvation, um, and that is uh, in a cave or temple. I'd prefer a temple, probably. Yeah, I mean, there's probably more people down below to kind of cheer you on as you... Uh, probably a little warmer. You know, so that must... Like, they probably just... Like, I wonder, do they pick out the people on the 12th and then you just have until the 31st to starve? Or do they kind of like pre-starve you? Like, do they pre-starve in batches? I, they've got to do some pre-starving because I, I think that you could probably, if we're just talking food and not water, you could go July 12th to July 31st 
with no food right, yeah. left, you'd be you'd be a oh you'd be shell weak of a person. shit. Yeah, <laughs> but you know if we, if we uh, use the the uh, World War II source material on this, I mean there there's some harrowing pictures from that time of people that were basically starved. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, you can go a long time without food, uh, for sure. Now this next one, uh, middle of the year, you know, August 1st to the 20th. So maybe like a harvest ritual. Uh, it's in honor of what? Seven, seven gods. Uh, I read somewhere that there's a total of 13. So this might be uh, kind of a majority of the gods where they are. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Sacrifice to the fire gods by burning the victims. Okay, strange. So this one uh, is kind of more telling than the others because what's a a victim, right? So would that be like a captive? Because the other ones seem to be more on the noble side right someone gives themselves up whereas this one kind of specifies maybe like uh, a result of some type of conquest yeah uh mm-hmm. just got caught slipping um but you know i guess if i had to get sacrificed to anything being sacrificed to the fire gods you know this next one's pretty fucked up oh yeah what's the next one achpaniziti achpanizitli uh, from uh, August 21st to September 9th, sacrifice of a decapitated young woman to Toki. She was skinned and a young man wore her skin. Sacrifice of captives by hurling from uh, height and extraction of the heart. So which comes like... I don't know. I mean, does that this... soften the skin? Is it easier to get the heart after it's been tossed? Yeah. Uh, and like <laughs> Maybe you know, you... gravity just like... Yeah, after you've been softens kind of the... smashed against the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Tio Leko from uh, September 10th to the 29th. Um, sacrifices by fire, extraction of the heart. Tepe Huitl uh, has sacrifices of children, two noble women, extraction of the heart, and flaying, uh, and ritual cannibalism. So that's like um, that's like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but only two noble women. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I wonder if it's like their children or just any children. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seemed like a lot of kids were getting sacrificed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, then we got Quecholi from uh, October 20th to November 8th, sacrificed by bludgeoning, decapitation, and extraction of the heart. Don't want to be picked for that one. Sacrifice yeah, no. by bludgeoning sounds not fun. Yeah, they, they it, it, you know, you would think that they would get it good on the first hit. You Probably hope. not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they were experts on human anatomy. So they would probably, I mean, maybe they'd know to hit you on the temple and you'd be dazed. But like, what if they wanted to play with you? Yeah. Uh, then we've got Panquetzalitzli from November 9th to November 28th. Um, massive sacrifices of captives and slaves by extraction of the heart. That's probably like the temple slidey business. Yeah, that, that's the one we all uh, love to watch. Uh, Adam Otsley from November 29th to December 18th. Sacrifices of children and slaves by decapitation. You want to take the last three? Sure. This so, uh, yeah, the, the tittle. Oh, <laughs> I love the tittle. December it's, 19th. Looks like it's tittle. To tittle. <laughs> to double tit. Yeah, even better. Uh, and that one is essentially uh, the sacrifice of a woman by extraction of the heart and then the decapitation afterwards. Yeah, it seems like overkill, maybe. 
yeah, like, what's the point? Uh, you know, did they just want to feed the Jaguars in the pens? <laughs> like, they were just like, ah, make a celebration of it. You know, whatever. People yeah. will show up. Money will be made. The, the crowd goes wild anytime you cut their heads off. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, then uh, January 8th to January 27th, that'd be somewhere around the time of my birthday, we'd have Iskali. Uh, and that's essentially uh, sacrificing victims that represented the main god, uh, god uh, can't pronounce, and their women. Uh, each fo- oh, so this would happen every four years. Okay, so essentially the victims would be captured and then sacrificed along with their women and other captives. And then the very last one. Uh, which we've kind of covered, I think, a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's the... Nemontemi. That's the end of year. Uh, yeah, five ominous days at the end of the year, no ritual and general fasting. Yeah. That's kind of the purification. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you must need purification after all the heart-stealing that you undertook in the previous year, you know? Yeah, so holidays, it's safe to say, were a little different back then just in terms of how you celebrate. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it was a more a way of life rather than uh, an escape from life. Yeah, you don't see a lot of celebratory bludgeonings these days. Well, especially ones that just never end. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, you know, their, their entire calendar accuracy is yeah. literally a 24-7 holidays. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's, so it's not, I mean, it's really... I would say not holidays even. It's they're more like like this is Murder just what fest. they do for the, for each season, I guess. It's uh or I mean not each season. There's way more than per season, but uh yeah. Uh just, you know, yearly rituals. Um holy shit. Yeah. Uh so I I think we covered it, right? Was there uh Is there anything we missed? Sorry, my headphones came unplugged. There we go. Um, You know, I don't know. Uh, I I do, I think, just to kind of give everyone more context, want to say that all of the information that we do know comes from uh, the Spanish codexes. uh, Codexes? Right. Uh, But the biggest caveat around that is that they were written after they had already come in had blown up the major temple, kidnapped the king and his son, took all the gold and the silver and ferried it back to the motherland and then wrote about it. Right. So their accounts of everything might be a little bit uh, biased. Um, You know, I wonder, because, you know, after so much gold, would they just not care? And it's like, like... You know, let's just write everything there is as a yeah. Because I mean, mock. the stuff that we're that we've been reading, some of it isn't super charitable towards them, but a lot of it is like just kind of matter of factly covering what their culture was like. So I mean, and there was definitely a fair bit of uh, you know um, uh, Spaniards calling them savages and that kind of a thing. But the the it seems like it's at least been refined enough by modern historians to 
have you know if you if you want to do some infor- some research on this there's there's a lot of stuff out there that isn't totally uh <laughs> terrible but right. still is all based on uh the opinions of people who did terrible things to these people yeah the ones that didn't get sacrificed yeah so that's it i think yeah uh, yeah holy shit so thanks for listening uh, if you did listen, and really um, appreciate you being with us and not fast forwarding through the episode. Yeah, uh, even our even our sponsor, our sponsored advertisements uh, for various concepts um, and uh, just ideas, basically. <laughs> yeah, there's no coupon codes, <laughs> not yet, anyway. All right, uh, thanks everybody. See you later. <laughs> Say again.